Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Not quite as sunny as when I last spoke to you. It's a bit cloudy out there at the moment, but the weather has generally been good. Hoping it holds up until June, particularly the 24th of June. Uh, there's a band coming over. I don't know if I mentioned this. Iron Maiden are playing in Dublin on the 24th of June. Can you tell I'm looking forward to Iron Maiden? Am I bringing it up too much? I'm not sure. My guest on this week's podcast, of course, is linked to Iron Maiden in a way. He's been a member of Blaze Bailey's band. He's also been a member of Iced Earth. He's a member of Absolva. And he is a solo artist in his own right. It's Luke Appleton, who I'll be speaking to in the main body of this podcast on an interview that was conducted on the 20th of March of this year. The start of the interview focuses on the upcoming, at the time, release of his new EP, Forever Viking. And we discuss what inspired the release. It relates to the death of a close friend of his, who was known as the Viking. We talk about the songwriting process, and we talk about his other solo releases, which you mightn't be as familiar with. They weren't really in a heavy metal style. They're more type of folky, acoustic type of music. Obviously, we talk about the band Absalva that he's in with his brother Chris. We talk about working alongside your brother in a band and how that works and how the relationship plays out. And there might be uh, one or two comparisons in there to another well-known band, We also talk about the fact that he works alongside his brother Mark, who works in a management position or a booking position, that type of thing, and how the whole family kind of gets along working in the music business together. Of course, we discuss the fact that he's a full-time member of Blaze Bailey's band at the moment, a band which he's been involved with in various capacities since 2009, from touring to lending backing vocals to some of the Infinite Entanglement... (laughs) Easy for me to say. Infinite Entanglement releases and eventually becoming a full-time member very recently. We talk about his time spent in Iced Earth as a bass player from 2012 to 2021. Obviously, we know what ended the band Iced Earth. Well, ended it in that incarnation, at least. And Luke is quite frank and forthcoming about discussing that, too. So no stone is left unturned here in my interview with Luke. I did take a while to getting around to releasing this. Hopefully, this gives, hopefully, this alerts some people who might not have known to the fact that Luke has an EP out now, Forever Viking, I highly recommend it. You will hear us discuss this in detail along with all the other things I mentioned. But before we get to that, I would like to thank everybody who gave kind feedback about my interview with Mick Wall last week, which was focusing on Iron Maiden from 1989 to 1999. We received a lot of nice feedback about that uh, on Twitter, on Facebook as well. So it seems people enjoy the collaboration between me and Mick, and I will tell you, or Mick and I, I will tell you that there's something else in the works, something maybe a little left field, not what you'd be expecting. Hopefully it comes to fruition. Anyway, so that's all that out of the way. One more thing I'd like to touch on, of course, if you've been paying close attention to Feckin' Metal and maybe some of the affiliated podcasts, you'll be aware that I had a bit of a falling out with Trevor, who's known for his participation in Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast, and also Taylor Made with me. Now, me and Trevor fell out in episode five, and maybe you could see this coming if you were listening to that. I'll address that at the end of this podcast after the interview. But for now, here is Luke Appleton. Bear in mind this was conducted on the 20th of March. Blaze Bailey had not yet suffered from a heart attack as well, so that's why we don't mention that when we talk about Blaze. And the release hadn't happened yet, but it has happened since. That's Forever Viking, available on streaming platforms and various other places, which we do mention at the end of the interview. If I tell you them now, you'll only forget them. So look out for that. And I hope you enjoy it. All right, so I have Luke Appleton here with me, bass player, guitarist, singer, and songwriter. And he is about to release an upcoming solo EP. 
called Forever Viking, the single of which is out now, currently, before your eyes. It was out on the 8th of March. Luke, welcome to Feckin' Metal. Hello there, thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So, I got a contact from... Is, does, is your brother your manager, your other brother, who isn't in bands with you? Uh, yeah, so my brother, he, not quite not quite my manager, but he does a lot of like the booking agent sides and everything, so he helps me out a lot with a lot of things. He's a, a very talented individual, really, as being a, a wonderful guitarist, but he's also like a sound engineer and also a cracking booking agent. So yeah, yeah. he does a lot of the business side of things. Okay, because I had spoken to him before. I did an interview with Blaze Bailey a couple of years ago, and um, I'm obviously on his uh, contacts list, and he, he emailed me about this, and I was like, I would love to speak to Luke, Luke Appleton, actually. So I replied instantly. But uh, yeah, so he contacted me about your upcoming EP, so uh, very exciting. You've got your own upcoming release. I know you've done a couple of solo releases as well in the past, but this is a bit of a shift musically, I'd say, to those, which were more acoustic type of music. But just for the listener, in case they're not aware, you are a member of Absalva, which your brother Chris. Uh, you've been involved with that band since around 2013, at least in a live capacity anyway. You're also a member of Blaze Bailey. You did live work with him since as far back as 2009 um, and became a full member, I think, in 2021. And you were in Iced Earth as well from 2012 to 2021. So quite a lot of experience for somebody who's 28 years old, actually. You don't see that too often nowadays, uh, that wealth of experience at, at such a young age. Yeah, that's it, really. I've... I've between my brother and myself we've always kind of said any downtime we we just get kind of bored so we kind of keep ourselves as busy as possible and um you know i've been very very lucky really over the years to be able to work with such amazing musicians you know from starting in my very first band when i was very very young we had a, it was with a couple of friends we had like a, a nice little trio and they were fantastic musicians and all we wanted to do was just play our instruments and go out on tour and do things and it was a steady transition from band to band from that first band it was then on to fury uk yeah which was with my brother that was the first thing where it got serious i joined fury uk when i was 14 right and my first my first gig was like bloodstock open air wow. uh back in back in 2008 i want to say i think is, 2008 so is that legal to be playing live gig on a festival when you're 14 or a gray area well that festivals like that i think it's okay um the pubs and clubs that we played probably not that legal okay <laughs> but yeah. but luckily i didn't look 14 so you know just just didn't really mention it very much and if anyone asked i was always 18 fair enough yeah so you mentioned fury uk there i was gonna say actually the list i read out there isn't even that exhaustive list you've been involved in other things as well um but those were kind of the ones that people probably would know or be more familiar with but yeah you've done quite a lot and as I mentioned, you're about to release a solo EP called Forever Viking. So this is has been preceded, sorry, by the single Before Your Eyes. And you're performing lead vocals, bass and rhythm guitar on the new EP. So um, Yes, that's it. I mean, I think you picked up on it earlier. So I, I did uh, two other releases already, which are very acoustic, acoustic guitar driven, really. Mm. Um, but this felt like a natural step to actually go full electric with this cd uh because this year and a, a little uh, sorry back in 2022 and a, um i did a live show a few live shows uh labeled as the luke appleton power trio yeah and so that obviously a three-piece uh with some very talented musicians adam harris on drums from the band akesis and Rishi Mehta on guitar mm. and vocals from a band called Babylon Fire. We went out and did a handful of shows in the UK. 
And it sounded so great that I was like, I have to record this. This is just, I I had the songs ready. Some of them were already written as acoustic songs, Mm. but we did full metal versions of them live. And I was like, this needs to be the next step, really. So that's why I decided to make the EP Forever Viking. And I think that just gives you a very nice taste of the sound that the three of us can create together. Yeah, just to mention those other two releases, sorry, I didn't mention them by name, but you had an EP out in 2018 called How Does It Feel To Be Alive? And then you had a full album out in 2019 called Snake Eyes. But as we said, yeah, this is it's quite different to quite a, a musical shift from those two. So um, this is dedicated to your friend Wayne Turnbull, who died in 2020 from COVID. I was very sorry to read that in the press release. Uh, and he was nicknamed the Viking. So do you want to tell us a bit more about him? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Wayne Turnbull, absolute legend of a character, wonderful human being. Uh, And he was nicknamed the Viking because he looked like a Viking. (laughs) He was a mountain of a man. He's such the sweetest heart, but probably wouldn't want to pick a fight with him kind of thing. So that's how he, in the, in the Manchester, he was living in Manchester when I, when I met him. And uh, in that circle of people, that's what they just call him. And we have like now, in, uh, they honour him every year with like a small uh, festival in Manchester called the Viking Fest. Right. And um, yeah, that that that's where the inspiration kind of came from for this song. And I decided to call the EP Forever Viking as well because I thought it lends itself to such great artwork. Um, mm. Hence why we had the kind of Viking burial ship yeah. on the, the cover of the EP. Yeah, great artwork, and yeah. It, when I when I wrote the song, the lyrics just kind of poured out of me. It was almost like I was channeling something else. And it was just so effortless. And, you know, it came straight from the heart, really. And, yeah, he, he was such a wonderful character. And, and this one, I wanted this to be my little tribute to, to remember him by. So, yeah, it was it, a, lot, a lot of emotion went into this song when writing it. Yeah. Um, so I received an advanced copy of this. Thanks for sorting that out. Brilliant. And I had a listen, of course. And Before Your Eyes is the single. And at the start, it starts out with that lovely melodic guitar tone. And I just know I'm I'm in a safe place musically for my particular taste of music. Um, so that's nice to hear. But yeah, that's a very catchy song. Really melodic soloing. Uh, you mentioned the guitarist there, Rishi uh, Meta or Meta, is it? It's meta. Meta, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, he, the, like, the, like the metaverse. <laughs> okay, yeah. He shines a lot on this release, I find, but also the songwriting in general shines. The songs are very catchy, very well put together, and the opening track, Before Your Eyes, is an example of that. You decided to release that one as the single. Is there any particular reason? Um, I believe it was actually the first song I wrote of the four. Um, it's definitely the shortest song yeah. as well. And the I think the biggest reason was it was it's so straight to the point. Mm. And it's when we were speaking about the transition between the first two releases being so acoustic and almost mellow to a way, yeah. I wanted to make the first single of this CD very apparent that I was not going down the acoustic road anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like, this is a full, energetic, hard-hitting rock song kind of thing. Yeah. And I wanted that to be very clear to all of the listeners and anybody who may have been just a little unsure of what I was doing next. So Before Your Eyes felt like such a uh, a perfect example of that, really. Yeah, I mean, it certainly achieves that. So would you have any fans that would know you only for those two acoustic-based releases and wouldn't know you from your other bands? Or do do such people exist? Like, would everyone know you from Absalva and um, Blaze Bailey and Ice Earth? 
I definitely think the majority of people still know me for Ice Earth, Blaze Bailey, Absolver. Um, but I do think, you know, because I've done a lot of touring acoustically now mm. uh, on my own, supporting Blaze Bailey on the way and supporting very other, very, <laughs> a variety of other artists yeah, yeah. on the way and doing such festivals. So I do believe there are, there is a, 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 a demand there for the acoustic music and, mm. I, I definitely will explore that avenue again, um, going down the acoustic. I love acoustic music. One of my favorite solo artists is Miles Kennedy. Mm. And when he did his album Year of the Tiger, that was such a huge influence for me to do my solo album Snake Eyes because mm. I just loved the sounds that he created. And even though it was very acoustic driven, it still had drums. It still had bass in the background. It was very very cool kind of dynamic, I thought. So it's definitely not over for me for acoustic songs or even an acoustic album. Uh, But yeah, it just felt like such a natural time to do something different and appeal to maybe a few more Absolver, Blaze, and even Iced Earth fans with a bit more hard-hitting metal songs. Yeah, well, I'd say the crossover is stronger there probably between uh, this release and and those bands you mentioned. Um, So the next song on on the EP is called A Thing Called Fate. Obviously, you're a believer in fate. I think it's one of the first opening lines in the song. So um, given the subject matter that you chose to write about, is this something that you've always believed in, that there's a predestined path for all of us? Um, It's a little bit. It's actually something I picked up off my granddad um, Mm. now because he's he's a huge believer in fate. And the whole inspiration of that song is actually with my grandfather in mind. So it's not actually that myself is saying that, it's actually he's saying that. Okay, okay. So I'm saying it from his perspective. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I dabble with these kinds of questions like what if or is our lives just a path that we're just meant to walk on, uh, mm. walk down kind of thing? I, I often ask myself those questions a lot of the time, really, and just stare into the stars majestically and, you know, yeah. like, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I like the idea that somebody has already kind of mapped it out for us and it's like you're almost just a vessel kind of thing. But sure. I don't really, I can't actually tell you, I may feel that way right now, but tomorrow I may feel completely different. So, But I like the question and the pondering of whether it is or not, really. Mm, and like it, it struck me because there's a song on the most recent Absolva album, uh, Fire in the Sky, called What Does God Know? And that kind of ties in yeah. somewhat with fate, but also it could be maybe the opposing view as well. So it's interesting, yeah. Different yeah. kind of I, stances on the same point. I don't know if you wrote that song, sorry, but... I did, I did. I, I, I was a heavy, heavy writing part. Lyrically, I think we we had a uh, both my brother and I we collaborated with that one. But yes, I liked that title because of that uh, kind of a. You can look at it in a few different ways, as in like, oh, what the hell does God know? Like, it's my life. I choose to do what I do with it, or mm. what has God got in store for me? Kind of thing. So th- that was the kind of the logic behind that sentiment. Luckily, we haven't got any like religious groups trying to kill us yet, so <laughs> which is nice. Then you'll know you've truly been successful when you have all that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Sabbath style. Exactly, yeah. Burning records and all that. Um, so in that song as well, I noticed there's a, quite a prominent bass solo there. Um, that's obviously you playing that one, and it really stood out to me. Yep. I, I, I remember writing that song, and I... I have a bass solo on Snake Eyes as well, um, the song Medusa. And I think, you know, 
I, I've been a bait. I, w- I learned how to play the bass first over the guitar. And I was ver- I was in Fury UK. I was the bass player for Fury UK. I was the mm. bass player for Iced Earth. So yeah. you could arguably say I've played to the most amount of people using a bass kind mm. of thing. So I wonder, and now I'm the bass player from my solo project because it's my first love at the end of the day. Yeah. And I wanted that to just be in there and just, you know, you know, this is what I can do. This is my thing. This is what I believe I'm actually best at. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw some really nice bass lines in there. And then, yeah, I, I we thought, right, this will be a cool time for a bass solo. Mm. So I thought, yeah, I'll sneak that one in there. Well, no, it does actually really fit the song. Like, uh, There's nothing worse than in a live situation where you get an unwanted bass solo. But uh, I think in the yeah. context of that song, it actually fits it really well. Any particular inspirations for you as a bass player? Uh, I've got a few, really. I mean, over over the years, I was always like directing myself towards like pick style bass players. But mm. as I've gotten older, I've kind of my style has varied a little bit. But the immediate ones are always going to be Steve Harris, Geezer Butler, yeah. Um, David Ellison is fantastic pick player as well. So yeah, they're always up there. Cliff Burton, of course. Mm. You know, um, yeah. For metal, I think they're kind of pioneering really in it in my opinion yeah yeah then the next song on the ep is called what heroes do i assume these are all directly about wayne and you're just kind of documenting different aspects of his life in the four tracks on this on the ep there's def you can definitely like i kind of like leaving songs lyrically a bit open like that because you can you can definitely take all four of them and resemble it to wayne definitely which is is a really nice thing about it. Okay. Um, but I like it when people just you know make their own minds up about it as well. It I find really nice because you know because it is an EP, there isn't, and I've not done many interviews yet. It's quite interesting to hear what people's first reactions are to these songs lyrically and just just decide what they are about for themselves, kind of thing. It was it was definitely I had that in mind. Um and. The, my main influence for writing that was kind of when you're in a tough spot, it's you find out who the good people are that actually try and help you out of that tough spot. And they actually take themselves out of their comfort zone and put themselves out of their way to actually help you. And Wayne was one of those people. So that's how he fits into that bracket, really. But that was the kind of inspiration with that, really. Very nice. The singing really stood out to me on that one, too. So I know you obviously had your two acoustic EPs, um, but is this the first time you've really sung lead vocals in a heavy rock slash heavy metal situation? Or have you done a bit of that in the past? I've only done little hints of it before. We did... um, I've done a couple of duets with Chris um, in Absolver. Mm. Uh, we did a track called Side by Side off the Side by Side album, yeah. where I sung pretty much about half of it with my brother. And I also did. we also did a song called Reflection, which was actually one of my songs I uh, made with my, my dear friend who's no longer with us, Wiz Prey from Belgium, okay. uh, from the band Wiz Wizard. And we did a, a metal cover of that acoustic song. And again, Chris and I did a duet of that so i've done little stuff but this is the first like proper release where i'm singing the whole thing so i'm the lead singer of that so for a a heavy rock 
metal album. Yeah, mm. this, this is the first time, yeah. So, I, yeah, I said that just the vocal melodies and the singing stood out on that one. I said it's probably the most ambitious singing on the EP, but it really delivers um, in terms of vocals. Brilliant. That's good to hear. Thank you very much. Yeah, this one... I mean, I could argue that this is my favourite track off the EP. It's hard. Mm. I, I love them all like my children, but this one has definitely got arguably the most fire about it because it gets seriously heavy in some points. And yeah. Like you say, there's some cracking vocal melodies going on. A lot of the harmonies are done by Rishi as yeah. well. And on this particular song, I've got my partner, Becky Baldwin, guesting oh. on some backing vocals as well. Very good. To to help the uh, the labor of uh, some high vocal harmonies there. She did a brilliant job. Yeah, I just I mentioned as well, um, sorry. Yeah, Rishi really stands out on this as well. Like the lead guitar on this is unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of jumping ahead in my own thoughts here. But like if you do perform any of this live, I know he was in the power trio. Would he be involved in this again? Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. We've actually we've we've announced a, a handful of dates uh, for later on this year, and it's going to be the band on the EP out on tour. So it's okay. going to be the three of us touring the UK and some little dates in Europe here and there as well. Very good. Is all of that announced so far? Uh, most of it is announced. There's still some stuff waiting to be announced or just in the process of booking. But yeah, the first show, which is a very nice one for me because it's practically a hometown show, will be SOS Festival in uh, Manchester, okay. which is going to be a really nice... Almost, I'm almost treating it like a, an EP launch, even though it's several months away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a really nice way to start. And then, yeah, like I say, we've got a bunch of dates in like Birmingham, Chester, Manchester, Edinburgh, all announced, and a, a variety of festivals here. Brilliant. Um, and will there be a physical release of this EP? Uh, yes, so yeah. it is released on the 14th of April. And I've actually been in a very privileged position because I've been doing like a fan pack with a t-shirt, badges, stickers and whatnot, along with the CD. Mm. And yeah, so we weren't, the official release date's the 14th of April, but everything has arrived early, including the CD. So we've actually already started shipping pre-orders now. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so whoever's pre-ordered the CD, it it's on its way to you now. So, which is a very very nice thing to say so far in advance of the release date. Brilliant, yeah. I know there's often lately there's delays with the physical media for bands, so it's rare you hear of something happening the other way where it comes a couple of weeks early or yeah, be looking absolutely. at over nearly a month early at this stage. Um, so that's good. Um, okay, and the final track in the EP is the title track "Forever Viking," uh, the longest song as well on the EP. Uh, very nice intro there. Obviously, it's kind of heart wrenching lyrics, great guitar work, and there's a beautiful acoustic outro at the end that goes on for quite some time. But uh, for me, this was the standout track on the release. Right, brilliant. And I do like when the longest song is kept till the end. I'm always a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like an epic show closer, doesn't it? Mm. And with the nice, you know, very emotional kind of acoustic outro, it just, it felt like a, a natural place to put the song, really. Yeah. It, you know, actually, I hope you don't mind me saying this now, but I found it was reminiscent of Watching Over Me by I Start, which you obviously would have played on live uh, or performed live. Uh, I thought there was quite a similar sentiment there. It didn't necessarily musically sound like it, but quite a similar sentiment, and it just reminded me of that song a bit. Mm, that's an interesting one. I've not heard that one yet, and but I can definitely see it. Um, cause you know, when, when I played, you could arguably say that watching over me was Ice Earth's biggest hit, if yeah. you want. And, um, you know, it's such a powerful song. 
emotionally, lyrically. So, it, you know, I've always loved playing that song. And maybe one day I will play it, like, acoustically again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, the stuff like that, I'll always... That song is a huge influence in my life, definitely. So, yeah. And it was always a pleasure to play that with Ice Earth. So, yeah, I can... I'll definitely take that as a very nice compliment. So okay. thank you very much. It, yeah. it was just obviously in relation to the subject matter too. You know, there's very there's a lot of crossovers there, a lot of parallels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's a it's a nice, tidy four track EP. Uh, found the songs very catchy, very listenable. Definitely demand repeat listening. So it's uh, must be a very exciting time for you now to have this uh, release imminent. You've you've got the physical releases in your hand. And is, are you doing this mainly through Bandcamp, or how are you releasing these? Uh, I'm releasing it all myself uh, through. So okay. I'm I'm involved with my uh, my family business basically, Rock Sector Records, which is basically yeah. looking after myself, uh, my brother's solo albums, Chris Appleton, Absolver, and then yeah, yeah, we manage the Blaze Bailey band as well. So it's all a very internal thing. So yeah, we're releasing that with our distribution, so you can find it. You will be able to find it on Amazon and iTunes, Spotify and everything eventually. But yeah, at the moment, most of the sales are going directly through my website and web, web shop, which you can find on lukeappleton.net. Very good. So it's all, all, all a very internal thing, which is really nice. Okay, so you've kind of got complete control over that then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a baby project. So in some ways, it's quite easy to handle, really. But yeah, it, it feels really good to just be like, this is my thing. Everything goes through me. I make all the decisions. And it's nice just doing that. And just, you know, quality control is very easy, really. So I, I've really like, I've enjoyed just looking after my little baby. Really. Very good. Okay, so obviously we need to mention Absalva. So this is the band you're in with your older brother, Chris. So yeah, you played in the band in a live capacity from 2013 to 2015 before becoming a full member in 2015. Am I right about that? That That's correct, yes. Yeah, okay. And you did play something on the album Anth- Anthems to the Dead in 2014 as well. You definitely contributed this to one or two of those songs. But being a full member since 2015, so... How is it for you? I'm getting the impression you get on with your brothers very well. <laughs> but like, how has it been for you touring, uh, writing songs with and playing music with your older brother? Is there any competitiveness there? Or I mean, most of the time, yes, we, we get along just fine. There are occasions where, you know, the rest of the band members are thinking, oh my God, have we got another Oasis on our hand or something? <laughs> so, especially because we're both from Manchester as well. So, mm. it, 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 you know, it, it's just how brothers can be sometimes really but overall we get along really well we both you know we've both got a lot of drive in ourselves and we've got you know certain things that both of us kind of look after we've got a a different set of skills really whereas he's he's gone down much more the rude route of sound and booking agent for sort of thing because he's a fantastic sound engineer and he's an amazing booking agent. He's really got a good knack for geography. And everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour planning is really, really good. Definitely. Whereas I've, that. I've, I've definitely gone down more of the route of design, really, and like, I don't know, like doing the tour posters, doing the videos, looking after the fan club, everything that involves a computer. Maybe it's a mm. generational thing because there's, there is about six years between us. Yeah. Um. But yeah, songwriting is actually quite easy usually because. I live in Birmingham, he lives in Manchester, but we, we're on Zoom quite a lot, really, yeah. and we send each other different song ideas, riffs, 
mm. uh, when the time comes. And, you know, he, he definitely likes to dissect a lot of things and almost make, how can we make a song shorter? How can we make it more catchy, but mm. still maintain that th- it, this is a traditional British heavy metal band kind of thing. Our main influences at the moment being like Saxon, Iron Maiden, and also like, I know it's not British, but accepts as well. And that kind of oh, style yeah. of music really. Um, yeah. So it, it, we cooperate really well together on, on mainly. Um, and then touring, you know, again, sometimes we can butt heads cause we're living in each other's pockets for so long, but we just literally finished our UK tour uh when was it last night we were in stoke last night we Mm. did a uk tour with blaze bailey and we've done about 10 shows in the uk in march and it was fantastic really well attended shows we're all getting along so we're we're just kind of waiting for the part where it all goes wrong (laughs) yeah yeah i I know you said there's uh, about six years between you so obviously you weren't involved from the very start of absolva was that just because of your age did you want to be involved or how did you come to the point where you were a full band member. So it all all this kind of the crossover and the the separation if you will because I was in um Fury UK uh between the years of I want to say 2008 to 2012 mm. and it Fury UK kind of stopped in 2012 because I got the job offer to join Iced Earth as their bassist. Mm-hmm. Um and then Chris made the decision with our drummer, Martin, who's still with us ever since the Fury UK days. He's the drummer for Absolver. They mm-hmm. both said, we don't want to continue as Fury UK anymore. We want to have a big rebrand and change the image, change the sound of the music a little bit. And that's where the name and the image of Absolver came into play. Okay. So he went, as Fury UK was a bit more of like a kind of power trio, if you will, um, we didn't have a lot of twin lead guitar stuff with Absolver. That's what he wanted. His main mm. influences was like Iron Maiden, Stroke, Thin Lizzy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's and then I kind of joined in. I was very busy with Iced Earth for a good few years. Then on my downtime from Iced Earth, um, I then stepped into the fold with Absolver when he was seeking a guitar player. Very good. Okay. Um, I was going to talk about Blaze next, but since you've brought up Ice Earth, I'm going to mention them. So you said you got the offer to join Ice Earth. How did you, did you get headhunted or how did that come about? So um, this ties in actually very nicely. So with Fury UK, we did several tours supporting many bands, including mm. Ice Earth. Oh, I didn't so realize that. Yeah, we, we back in 2011, it was, we did the full European and UK tour supporting Iced Earth. So we were out on the road with them for about two months. And then um, we got along like a house on fire, Fury UK and Iced Earth. We got to know each other very, very well. And yeah, about six months after that, so in between 2011, 2012, um, their bassist at the time, Freddy Vidalas, he actually left the band. Mm. And uh, then, then that's when the management and John Schaefer, they called me and said... Yeah we would like you to join Iced Earth. So I'm trying to work out now if you were in the band when I first saw Iced Earth, which was in 2012 in Dublin. Would you have been playing in the live band at that point? That was, yep, that was one of my first shows, yeah. Okay, you had hair then though, so you look different. I had, (laughs) yeah. This is, yeah, this is a fresh look for me. Yeah, probably less than a month I shaved it all off. Okay, Uh, fair enough. Well, okay, no, I I, I thought you were, and I was just piecing the, the, 
jigsaw pieces together there before this, obviously. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were in the band at that time. But that's interesting yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, so you were you played on a couple of live albums with Ice Earth, but you also played on two studio albums, Plagues of Babylon and Incorruptible. And you would have come in on the second leg, if I'm not mistaken, of the Dystopia tour. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, and you actually have a few songwriting credits as well in Ice Earth, um, which must have been huge for you back in, I don't know, what, 20... When were those albums released? 2014, 2017, would I be right? Yeah, um, that sounds right. Uh, how was it writing songs with John Schaefer? It was good, really. I mean, a lot of it, again, a lot of it was re- done remotely because, mm. you know, I, I, I'm, at that time I was living in Manchester, England, and they're all American lads. And yeah. Stu, the singer, is Canadian. So we yeah. were a very big inter- international band because, you know, I, I'm over here, they're over there. And even in the states, they're not they're not in the same states. We had one yeah. Canadian. John was in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer he was in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Florida, mm. and then the other one was in California. Jake. So yeah. <laughs> we were a very all over big the map. Spread. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a lot of the songwriting had to be done remotely. Really, we would mm. uh, for the first album, Plagues of Babylon. We recorded that one um in germany actually and that was in between uh festival shows we had a big stretch of festival tour dates in the summer of i want to say 2013 or 2014 mm. uh we had like gr- amazing festivals grass pop hellfest sweden rock festival metal days in slovenia yeah um so we were very busy but during the week we would go to the studio in germany and we would live there Mm. Every t- day we woke up, we'd just go straight in the studio, uh, work on the songs a little bit, and then record them. So that was actually really fun. And it was nice, kind of, we're all living together, writing the songs, recording the songs, and that's exactly what we do all day long. And it was yeah. in such a beautiful studio in, I can't remember what city we were in Germany, but it was like a huge farm. And it had like its own cinema, own gym workout room, a humongous studio. And it was really good fun. So writing songs with Schaefer was actually really good. And I'm very, very proud of those songs. I got to get a, a writing credit on. Mm. And, you know, it's something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. So, yeah. yeah, it was a fantastic experience, really. Okay. And we all know, obviously, what happened with I Start back in January of, of 2021, I think it is now. Yeah, it's a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, how, how did you feel about that or do you want to talk about it at all no i am I'm, I'm okay talking uh, at first i mean i've had so many people like ask me about it now i would and, imagine so you know, yeah it, it's such a shame it really it's such a shame i went i went through a a, a series of emotions when it all happened to shock to a bit of anger to sadness you know mm. it was you know, I miss it. I miss it a lot. It was yeah. such like some of the best years of my life, really. And Iced Earth, since I was a kid getting into music, they mm. were the band that got me into heavy metal. Along right. with them and Iron Maiden and Black yeah. Sabbath, they were yeah. the bands for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so They would actually was... be three of the first three metal bands that I got into as well. In a maybe really, slightly yeah. different order, but yeah. <laughs> they had they had such a, a legacy, you know, they were going for like well over 30 years. So it was mm. just, it, I just find it really sad and it's just such a shame that's the way it had to end kind of thing. Mm. Um, Did you and, feel yeah. um, pressurized into leaving the band? Mm. 
Or did you feel you had no choice? It was just a matter of course to just say, yeah, li- I'm not in the a band little, anymore. A little bit of both. But, you know, it took me, it took us all, like I was speaking to the rest of Ice Turf about it um, and just trying to like see how they felt. And we were all kind of in a, a similar position, just didn't really know what to do with ourselves. And mm. it was such a, sh- such a shock, really. It was just mm. of how it all just blew up as well. It was just, mm. you know, every almost every metalhead had heard about it kind of yeah. thing. It was in the news and everything. So, no, I don't really know. It took us a good couple of months before at least a couple of us made our decision and it was like, it's time to go. It's time to stand down. Um, it's not, you know, it's not really doing anything anymore as well. So, you know, even if I hadn't left, I, you know, it's not like I'm going on tour with Ice Turf or True. something. True, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's just such a shame. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got Absolver and Blaze really yeah, to fall yeah, back yeah, on. Yeah. And mm. Blaze, you know, very happily has opened his arms to me because I wasn't in the Blaze band no. until, you know, the end of Iced Earth kind of thing. Mm. So, mm. yeah, he's taken me under his wing a little bit and, yeah, it's given me some amazing experiences already. Brilliant. And I will get to Blaze now in a sec. But had you been close with John? Like, would you have called yourself a friend or were you more a colleague? Yeah, we called... We called all of each other friends, definitely. It okay. was, yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at it from kind of a bird's eye view, it's John's baby. Ice mm. Turf is John's baby. He's the only original member. It's his thing. It always has been. Mm. But, you know, we got along. We all got along. And, you know, that's the bit I miss the most is I miss hanging out with all of them. Sure. Um, I, I'll, I, you know, it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Did you keep in touch with him afterwards? You know, I haven't heard from John in since just before it happened. Okay. So, and were yeah. you shocked? To, like, did you have any inclination that he might have done something like that? I knew his mindset politically, but, you know, he everybody says things, don't they? Everybody says things that they may not mean. Sure. Or, but he's never, he, I never had an idea that he was going to do that. No, I didn't. Okay. That's enough of that then. Let's move on. Okay, so you have been playing with Blaze Bailey as far back as 2009, uh, playing bass. Did you, you started off, can, actually, can you just explain your, your history of Blaze Bailey? Because it's, um, yeah. there's a lot of different <laughs> chopping and changing going on. It, it's a long history, a very long yeah. history. So our, my first introduction to Blaze Bailey was going way back to Fury UK again. Yeah. And uh, Fury UK got the very nice opportunity to support Blaze Bailey on his Man Who Would Not Die UK tour mm. did it was a big UK tour I don't think we've toured like that extensively in the UK for quite some time but I think we were touring the UK for like two months mm. and it's like I don't see many people do that anymore it's just yeah. constantly and all these small little towns we were doing but I want to say that was back in like 2009 I think that mm. tour was and since then you know we again we we all got along uh maintained a, a relationship with Blaze which meant Fury UK could support him at other shows. We went to support Blaze in Greece, mm-hmm. uh, in Switzerland, and various other countries. And we booked a couple of shows for him in Manchester as well. So there's always been that relationship just on and off through the the course of the last 15 years, is it? Yes, but did you actually play with Blaze in 2009? Um, I did, actually. Right. So yeah, how can I forget? Uh, so at... The Blaze Bailey band at the time actually had a couple of uh, Colombian members. And mm. unfortunately, 
uh, at this time in 2009 or 2010, whatever year it was, they were having some troubles with their visas, and m which meant they had to go back to Colombia and sort that out. But they had a couple of gigs. I think I depped for Blaze twice or three times in total mm. as the bass player whilst they were busy trying to sort out the visas. So we did, I think it was called Hellfire Festival in Birmingham. Okay. Um, a rock radio festival in Glasgow. An mm -hmm. SOS festival in Manchester, I depped for Blaze. So Very it was really good. good. That was really good fun because I was only 15 years old at that time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to play with this guy that was in Iron Maiden. I'm yeah. Like, That'll do for me. Yeah. <laughs> so can I ask, like, I mean, you, I mean, you would have been, what, one when the X Factor came out? But uh, had you listened yeah. to uh, Blaze Bailey? Had you listened to those albums? Were you a fan of them? I know you mentioned Iron Maiden many times, but we all know like some people don't like the Blaze stuff initially, at least. No, that's fair. No, it's it's fair enough. Everybody has a mixed kind of. With touring with Blaze, I actually hear more people say how much they love it because mm. you know we go on tour with Blaze Bailey, fans are going to come. Uh, but yeah, I know that it's it's kind of mixed reports with those two albums. Um, I'll be honest, the first time when Fury UK got the support for Blaze Bailey, I didn't actually know that much about him, or at least about the songs that he did. I'd heard, I've heard, I've obviously heard the name, and I'd heard of Wolfsbane before, um, but I hadn't actually listened to that era of Iron Maiden that much. Yeah. So that was kind of almost a bit of an introduction to. The songs like Man on the Edge, Future Real, mm, Lord of the mm. Flies, and of course, The Klansman. It was great because I think he was playing those songs on the tour that we did. So it was a it was not a nice little a new avenue for me to kind of explore, really. So that was quite exciting. And I really liked his solo albums. I probably actually prefer his solo albums over the two uh, Maiden albums that he did. Because I, okay. I think songwriting wise, it actually got a little bit better personally. Okay, uh, and then obviously then your relationship grew. You went on to appear on uh, some live albums with Blaze Bailey and you contributed to some of the Infinite Entanglement series as well. Yes, yes. So, yeah, God, there's quite a few now, actually. In, so, yeah, the Infin Infinite Entanglement trilogy, I did a lot of guest vocals. So I was mm. involved with the infinite entanglement choir as they call it yeah, yeah so i did did a lot of backing vocals on a variety of songs across the trilogy uh, appeared in a couple of their music videos as well and yeah it was it was a good experience really it was something a bit different my voice was kind of maturing at that stage i definitely mm. wasn't the singer i am now then i was still really finding my groove if you will yeah um so yeah it was a nice nice bit of a learning curve for me really Good. And by the time War Within Me comes out, are you now a contributing songwriter or are you just, well, not just, but are you still a performer on the album? Uh, no, I, I again, I did a little bit of backing vocals, but when I came into the play with War Within Me, most of the songs had already been finished. Okay. So there wasn't really there wasn't really a chance for me to contribute on that. Mm. So, yeah, I just did some, again, just some backing vocals on there. And then, yeah, the the entire War Within Me touring cycle is me, me on uh, second guitar. Yeah, very good. Okay, would you, I think you would then, definitely. Would you have been playing in Blaze's live band in 2018 when they played Sabaton Open Air Festival? No, actually, no, I wasn't because st then I was still with Iced Earth and we were okay. touring festivals at that time. But Chris was. 
Chris was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, then I met Chris before. I was just wondering if I'd actually met you before. Because ah. <laughs> they were doing a meet and greet and a signing and that type of stuff. But I was just wondering. Right. Um, and I wasn't certain if you were, if you weren't. Um, okay, very interesting. So um, I was reading there, well, in, contained within the, the press release, was uh, information saying there's a new Blaze album in the works or there will be. Uh, will you be contributing in a songwriting capacity to this one? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. So which okay. is... Very nice, really. It's been uh, a big joint effort between the three of us, really. Uh, so that's Blaze, my brother, and myself. Um, mm. It's been it's been quite a busy few months. We were doing it over like kind of January, December, January time, mm. and yeah, it's basically and we do all that internally as well. So Chris is the sound engineer, uh, producer with Blaze, and then yeah, also a co-songwriter uh, with myself and Blaze. So yeah, I've got quite a few album credits on the next album, whenever that may be released. I know there's mm. still a lot of announcing to be done with that, but yeah, sure. that that's the plan, which is, is really great for, for me really, because I've heard a lot of stories uh, from my brother about what Blaze is like to work with as a songwriter. So mm. I've got to experience that firsthand, which is yeah, yeah. has actually been really fun. It's such a different way of how I would write a song but it's it's been a lot of fun really can you can you give an example of that yes i really can (laughs) i can give several uh, several really probably can't say several other things but yeah yeah yeah. it it is literally because blaze blaze plays a little bit of guitar but Mm. doesn't really he's not really much of a musician in that terms he's very much a singer a singer songwriter and he's all he's all about melodies Mm. and He'll, there'll be times I'm just sat there with a guitar in my hand, plugged into an amp, and he's like, right, this is what I want. I want you to, I want you to figure out this melody, and then he just sings a melody at me. And then I play the melody, and then he's like, no, I want it like this. And it, he'll do the same melody, but with like some kind of vibrato or like a different cadence to it. And it's just such, I, I find it very interesting, because for me, it's, I'm figuring it out on a guitar, whereas he's figuring it out in his brain and then just trying to sing it back at me. And, and is he humming to you what he imagines the music to be or what his vocal line will be or both? A little bit of both. So there <laughs> okay. has to be, it, there's, there's almost like some code that you have to learn how to break first. And then it's, <laughs> it's all, all, almost like a bit of a language there. And yeah. then once you figure out what that language is between the two of us, it can mm. actually flow really well. And, you know, he'll be like, right, I want you to imagine what Metallica will do. And I'm like, right. <laughs> so you mm. want me to write Master of Puppets, do you? <laughs> you kind of <laughs> <think> it, <laughs> oh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, it, you know, I had a lot of fun with it, though, really. It was just, again, just a bit of a learning curve, just more out of curiosity more than anything. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, though. Um, so I wanted to say to you, actually, you must be one of the very few people on planet Earth who have played, performed live, those obscure... Iron Maiden songs from Virtual Eleven and The X Factor, seeing as Blaze was doing his, his anniversary tour and stuff like yeah. that. Um, almost no one has played some of those songs live. Judgment of Heaven, Como Esta Amigos, that type of stuff. Do you enjoy yeah. playing that? I really do, actually, yeah. Because now a few of those I wasn't as familiar with. I was more familiar with the big ones, kind of Future Ill, Man of the Edge, Clansman, Sign mm. of the Cross. Yeah. Uh, so it was really interesting to like go back to those two albums, listen to them, you know, with a purpose. 
yeah. learn them. And yeah, it's like we we actually do our own arrangements of some of the songs of mm. how Blaze would have written them now, kind of yeah. thing. So you know, made some th- certain things like slightly shorter, some mm. things slightly longer, with maybe a slightly different. Um, uh, harmony on a certain melody and stuff. Yeah. So we've got a li- we've got quite a bit of freedom with what Blaze gives us to do, and his ideas for those songs are, I think are fantastic. So when we perform them, perform them live, some of those songs have so much energy. The crowd mm. really, really enjoys it with us. So yeah, yeah it's I good mean, fun. I I saw obviously you've clarified now that you weren't playing in the band at the time, but I did see Blaze in 2018 and in Sweden and. Um, the band played the Angel and the Cambler, which is one of my least favorite Iron Maiden songs. Although I do, I must say, I do love those two Blaze Bailey albums. But um, one of my least favorite Iron Maiden songs. But they changed it up enough, or rocked it up enough, and I'm sure you've played it since that it sounded different enough. It uh, was snappier, and it, it it kind of removed a bit of the hokiness from the original, and yep. just made it more palatable to listen to. Absolutely, that that's a classic example of the arrangement changes that we made. It just a little bit more straightforward to the point and it yeah. doesn't drag as much but when we do that because it's such a kind of fun rock and roll style song we actually uh, incorporate a lot of improvisation at the end with some guitar solos some bass solo a drum solo and we kind of have give it a kind of fun feel as well but yeah that we did change the arrangement of that quite a bit very good. All right. I'm going to wrap it up now. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. That was a very insightful and interesting chat we had. And I, I'm just going to mention, so you've got your upcoming EP, Forever Viking, coming out on the 14th of April. And there will be physical media, as you mentioned. And it's all through your website, LukeAppleton.net. That's right. That's correct. Brilliant. Um, and then you're going to have, um, uh, am I correct in saying there, maybe this year there'll be another Absolva and another Blaze Bailey album? Uh, probably at least one of them. I can't commit to a date at all, but yeah, they're both in the works, basically. Basically so, two yeah. two in the works, okay. Yeah, so you're yeah. going to be very busy this year. Have you got much live stuff going on across the various projects? Yes, yes. So next week, so we've just, Absolver and Blaze, we've just finished the UK tour. We've got a bit of a week off, and then we head out to Europe again to continue. This is the Unstoppable tour, mm-hmm. where which is a nice thing in the set list, we're actually playing the entire War Within Me album at the moment, which is very, very nice. Brilliant. And then, yeah, I've got my own solo shows as well with the Luke Appleton Power Trio around all the UK. And we've actually just announced a couple of dates where we're going to be opening up for Wolfsbane on their Toughest Steel tour, a few dates in the UK. So, yeah, we're keeping busy, definitely. All right, thanks a million, Luke. I really appreciate it. You've got a whole lot of stuff going on, as you mentioned there. Uh, obviously, for your own release, it's LukeAppleton.net. People can obviously check out... I think it's BlazeBailey.net is Blaze's website, is it? Uh, yeah, BlazeBailey.net. BlazeBailey.net and Absalva.com for all things Absalva. So loads of stuff going on there. And yeah. thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> All right, so that was Luke Appleton there discussing his time spent in various different bands, including Absolva, I Start, Blaze Bailey, and also the writing process and the creation of his own solo EP, Forever Viking, which is a fantastic release. And I hope you go and seek it out now in the various places we mentioned there at the end of the interview. I hope you go and seek it out and enjoy it. And I'm going to include a little clip at the end of this episode as well of the song What Heroes Do. Um, So have a listen out for that. Thanks very much, Luke, for 
participating in that interview. I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot. And apologies for the delay in releasing it. I have a backlog of episodes that I'm getting around to. And it doesn't mean that any of them are less important than the others. I'm trying to release them in some kind of sensible order in my own head. And there's a few more yet to be released as well. And I'm sure the people who I interviewed on those are wondering what I'm doing. So apologies to anyone if you're waiting for an episode featuring you to be released. I will get to it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting better at that. So... I did mention at the start I was going to address the situation with Trevor from TaylorMade and yeah it was an unfortunate situation to anyone who was listening to that podcast by the time episode 5 rolled around well we did have a falling out and listening back to it I kind of think did that come out of nowhere and I had to kind of rack my brain and I really thought well no I don't think it did come out of nowhere I think there was little pieces you know uh, chipping away at me on the previous episodes I felt maybe Trevor was kind of trying to undermine me a bit like I mean to suggest that I'm not an enormous Taylor Swift fan is is an affront to me it's an affront to all Swifties and I took umbrage with it frankly and yeah it it, it irked me especially that comment where he tried to throw me off when he talked about Taylor Swift's recent live set where she played the song Baked Beans and yeah I didn't really notice him saying that and my mind was elsewhere and uh, yeah he was trying to catch me out a a little bit I think and then Dennis Stratton of course calling up Wayne and and spilling the beans uh, about the podcast. I mean, it was inevitable, but the way in which it was done, I suppose, wasn't really tactful. I was was irked about that as well. So a lot of these things kind of came to the fore and and it came to a boiling point, I suppose, um, when we got to the the question at the end of episode five and uh, I let loose, I suppose, a bit on Trevor. I do regret maybe the way I handled it, but sure, that's the way these things go. And um, I suppose you can go and have a listen to that. You'll notice that I've had a few drinks. You'll notice that he brings that up and that's my fault as well. So um, look, I'm going to put this out there. I'd be willing to talk to Trevor, talk it over, uh, have a chat man to man, see if we can come up with something that, uh, you know, come up with some compromise or, or maybe just, you know, clear the air even if that's all that comes out of this then then that's a good result but yeah i i have some regrets i suppose he probably does too but that's the way it goes you know when you go into doing a podcast with somebody you don't know that well you can go either way and that's the way it went on TaylorMade. unfortunately is it the end i don't know we'll see anyway that's the end of this episode of feck and metal i have been your host virgil trainer I have a steady flow of releases coming, as I promised last time, and they are going to be coming over the next few weeks, several in the can, some in the works, etc. Um, so that's going to do it. As I said already, this has been episode 80. Wow, 80 episodes. Brilliant. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate everyone continuing to listen, people's feedback. If you want to get me on Twitter, it's at Metalcast. I've been Fergal Trainer, and I'll see you next time. Oh yeah, and here's a bit of... What Heroes Do from Luke Appleton's EP Forever Viking. Thank you very much. Goodbye.